Hey everyone, welcome to the Dorinda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, Nana to seven, and 25-year veteran homeschooling mom. Today I'm going to be talking about parents being warriors. Before I dive into that, I want to share with you my new book, The 4-Hour School Day is coming out June 29th, and I would encourage you to go pre-order this book because if you do so, you will get a free devotional. Um, It's a devotional that I wrote specifically to go with this book, so it's not the same as the uh, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. It's a completely different devotional, and it's called Encouraging a Homeschool Heart, and it's just packed full of encouragement and um, really just some thought-provoking questions to help us sort of revisit why we're homeschooling um, or ask ourselves questions if we're considering homeschooling. So this whole book is just really packed with encouragement and practical advice. It'll equip you with all the information you need to create a sustainable homeschooling plan customized to your child's needs. It'll help you work with your child's interests and passions for an enjoyable learning experience, cultivate independent learning in your child so you have more time and your child develops more curiosity. Navigate the different schooling stages your child will go through and find an engaged community so that you can start this adventure or continue this adventure with all the support you need. So go check that out. Go to my website, DorindaWilson.com. Click on the image of the book. It'll take you over to the landing page. And as soon as you order, you will receive that free devotional. Well, I am grateful to be here today. I just got back from ICHE. That is a homeschool conference in Illinois and just had a wonderful time with so many amazing families. Now, I don't know if you have ever been to a homeschool conference but pretty much every state has them. So I would encourage you to do a little investigating if you're interested and you wonder if there's one in your state. Go check out your, um, just Google uh, homeschool conferences in your state and I'm sure something will come up. So I would encourage you to do that because this is a great place to find resources and just be encouraged by just hanging out with other homeschool families and being with uh, you know speakers who have been there and have walked that road of homeschooling and are there to mentor and encourage you. And if you already attend a conference and you would li- like to have me come speak, I would love for you to reach out to your conference and let them know that uh, you would like me to come and speak and then let me know that you talk to them and I'll make sure that they get a speaker packet from me and hopefully we can connect. So I would love to meet uh, as many of you as as I can during that conference season. Well, today I really have felt a burden on my heart as I have, uh, like I said, connected with so many homeschooling families and just... I think what the Lord's been been just making so crystal clear to me is just how valuable this whole concept of home education really is. How much God wants to use it to um, encourage Christian families to disciple their children. You know, at the end of the day, that's what we're called to 
as parents. I think sometimes it's easy to forget because our culture tells us, you know, these kids, uh, they're great, but they're, you know, they kind of get in the way of the really important things. But that is not at all what God says. God says that they're a blessing. And I can tell you that God has intentionally given your children to you, to you. He didn't give them to anyone else. He gave them to you. And so at the end of the day, you are called by God to disciple your children. So what does that mean? To disciple our children is to spend time with them. It's to walk alongside of them. It's to live life day in and day out with them. It's very difficult to do if they're not with you for eight for eight hours a day, five days a week. And, um, you know, there's this, this little little voice in my heart that often wants to just stand on the rooftops and just scream out to every Christian family, please, please, please get your children out of the public school. Several years ago, I would have said, well, I can't 100% say that every kid should come, every Christian family should take their child out of public school. And obviously, I still can't say that 100%, but I'm telling you, it's getting really, really close. There is, in my estimation, nothing good happening there. Now, I know that they have, we have relationships, we have friends, we have you know teachers that we like, there may be other Christian families that we know there, but... We, especially with the way everything's going with, uh, you know, kids having to do remote and then we never know if they're going to be there or not be there and all these other things that are going on at school, all the mask wearing, um, it's at the end of the day, our kids really only learn in a safe, secure environment. That's where they learn naturally and easily. And so if you're homeschooling right now and you're discouraged and you wonder if you're doing the right thing or if you're thinking about homeschooling, I want you to just stop and think about this for a minute. How well do you learn when you are under pressure? Time constraints, um, additional social pressures, uh, being asked to learn things that, you know, you're really not interested in and that, you uh, really are being forced on you. You're not ready for. Um, I can tell you that I would hate that environment. I would hate it. And I can't help but think that many kids really don't like it, but they don't know any different. They don't know anything else. But as home educators, we can provide something so different than that. I think what we have to understand is family life, living life alongside of each other, doing the practical, everyday things together, teaches our kids so much. I repeat this over and over and over again at conferences because we often think, oh, education has to be this thing out here and this thing out here. And yes, we need math. Yes, we need reading and history and science. But more than anything, our kids need a safe, secure learning environment. And when they have that, and they've got some freedom to explore and experiment and do some of their, follow some of their own interests, and we can sort of customize their education according to what they're interested in. And we as parents can look at their faces and tell if they're ready 
to learn something or not. And we can put it on the back burner and do it later if it's not actually going to be a good fit for our kids. At the end of the day, no one loves your kid more than you do. Our son Luke said, a mom will love her child more on her worst day than a teacher will on their best. And that is not a slam on teachers because there are wonderful, wonderful teachers out there. And I've had some great teachers. However, they do not have the same love for your child that you have, which makes all the difference in the world. It makes you actually a great fit, a great person to be facilitating their education because no one loves them more than you do. You are the expert in your child. And how can I say that? I can say that because there's a very well accepted um, idea that if you spend 10,000 hours doing something that you are considered an expert. Well, guess what? By the time your child is six years old, you have spent 16,000 hours with them, which means around five years old, you spent somewhere in the neighborhood of 13,000. So you are well over that 10,000 hour mark, which makes you an expert in your child. And I'll bet you if you and I sat on the front porch and I asked you questions about your child, you could answer every single one of them. Parents, you matter. I did a podcast on that Oh, uh, just about a week ago, I would encourage you to go and listen to it. But again, you are the expert on your child. You can totally do this. And I'm going to guess that some of you have been having that feeling. If you haven't homes, if you haven't decided to homeschool yet, you've been having that feeling of just maybe wanting to protect your child and not sure if all the exposure to the things they're they're experiencing right now is actually good for them, guess what? That's your parent intuition that God has given you. And I want to encourage you to tune into that and to listen to that. And for everyone who's listening, whether you're homeschooling yet or not, I want you to know something. That raising children is, um, is a very... Um, It's a gradual process. It's a journey, okay? We start out what I call in sort of like the greenhouse. We have these little seeds, and these little seeds are planted in the dirt, and they're in a very controlled environment. And while they're in that controlled environment, they can begin to sprout and come up out of the dirt. And even yet, they're still fragile. You would not want to put them out in the weather, out in the sun. They couldn't handle a, a bunch of heat or a bunch of cold. They still need a controlled, safe environment in order to grow strong, healthy roots. But those strong, healthy roots are ultimately foundational to growing a very strong, healthy plant. Okay? This is what we're doing with our children when we keep them home. And we protect them and we watch over them and we are careful about what they take into their little ears and their eyes and what they experience. And we follow God's lead as far as what they're exposed to. Um, And we put on our, our, our parenting pants and we are warriors for our children. We are guardians for them. We are the gatekeeper. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to guard our hearts for it is the wellspring of life. Well, guess what? You are also guarding your children's hearts. You are responsible for that. And God isn't going to call you to do something that he's not going to equip you to do. So if you've been having that feeling like, I just, 
I'm not sure, you know, people say we should expose them to things. Well, let me go back to that greenhouse example. Okay, so you've got this little seedling and it grows and it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Then as the plant is well established, but it's still a small plant, it's not bearing any any fruit or vegetables yet, we put it out into the weather during the day when it's not too harsh and there's not too much wind blowing, not too much rain or harsh weather, but it's getting out and starting to get acclimated to being outside of the greenhouse. And we put it out there for longer and longer and longer. And then eventually we plant it into the garden permanently so it can finish growing and bear fruit. That is such a great parallel to raising children. We do need to protect our children. We do need to watch over them, but we also need to grow them so we can grow them into strong, healthy plants. But again, that's a process. And as they get into the, you know, the older years, into the middle and, um, you know, high school years, things often just automatically, um, they become, our kids become exposed to things. They notice things more. They, um, they have questions about things. They read headlines. They hear something from somebody and then we can have those conversations. But guess what? We can direct those conversations so that our kids have a biblical world view. The rate of anxiety and depression amongst young people is absolutely skyrocketing. And I am firmly convinced it's because parents need to go back to being parents the way God intended. If you don't advocate and fight for your children, who will? At the end of the day, you are the one who is responsible before God for what your child is exposed to because it's no one else's job to protect your kids. It's yours. You are accountable to protect them and to raise them up and expose them at the time when you believe God is leading that. That, that is up to you. That is not only your um, privilege, and it is your right and it is your responsibility You are accountable also for their education. Even if you send them to school and you don't really know what's going on around them uh, and to them all day long, that is on you. That's on us, parents. That is our responsibility. At the end of the day, God is going to hold us accountable for that. And so I don't typically use such strong strong language and such strong uh, uh, points because uh, I, I really try to be a woman of grace and I believe that God is a gracious God, but there is something in my spirit that is just uh, wanting and needing to implore you, please, if you are not homeschooling, please, please consider homeschooling. And I also would encourage you to check out my book um, if you have any doubts at all, because I think you're going to find so much affirmation and encouragement there. And if you're homeschooling right now and you're discouraged, again, please go read that book. It is going to be such a shot in the arm for you. And if you're homeschooling and things are actually going pretty well and you're glad you're doing what you're doing, that is awesome. I am so grateful for that. But again, who can't use a shot in the arm? Who knows? Sometime, maybe in the future, you're going to need it. But I just want you all to know you can totally do this. If I were going to sum up my book in one phrase, it would be that. You can totally do this. One of the things I talk about in there is overcoming obstacles. And I have testimonies in this chapter from 
several, I think it's eight to 10 different moms sharing their testimony of the obstacle that they faced when it came to home educating their kids, why they decided to move forward and what the results were. I'm telling you, if that doesn't give you a shot in the arm, nothing will. So again, I just want to encourage you, parents, you can totally do this. You are adequate for the job, not because you have a degree. I do not have a degree. I don't have, I have a high school diploma, but I homeschooled all of our kids from the beginning. They are healthy, um, productive, wonderful adults that my husband and I have a wonderful relationship with, each and every one of them. And at the end of the day, that's one of the things I really wanted. When my kids were adults, I wanted to be able to still speak into their lives when they needed counsel or direction. And I wanted to be able to to have them as my friends. In fact, my husband and I joke around sometimes like, maybe we should make friends more our own age. Nah. <laughs> Um, we do have friends our own age, but our kids are very much um, the the bulk of our friendships. And so this is a wonderful thing. I love to say that our kids care what we think, but not more than they should. Our kids are very independent. So I just want to encourage you. You are investing right now. I want you to think about the investment that you're making into your children. And I want you to prayerfully consider Um, the kind of investment you're making, and ask God for wisdom as to how you can invest um, in a more, uh, in a way that's going to have yield much better results. We can always be rethinking that, right? We can always be um, thinking that through periodically. I think that's just a really good habit to be in, to step to step back and ask ourselves, how is our parenting? How how are we investing in our kids? And are we investing in the ways that really matter? And, um, and you know, at the end of the day, um, I know for my husband and me, it was just really wanting each of our kids to have their own walk with the Lord and to learn how to hear from Him. And I encourage moms to learn how to hear from the Lord and parents to hear from the Lord. And sometimes they'll ask me, well, what exactly does that, what, what exactly does that look like? What is, what, is it, what is it like to have God speak to you? And I always like to start at the very beginning. If you're reading through scripture and you something just practically jumps out of the page at you, um, I can pretty much guarantee you that was God speaking to you. And so the more we're in the word and we we catch those things jumping out at us, the more we get to know who God is and we recognize when he is speaking to us. We want to teach our kids to do the same thing. We want to disciple our kids. We want to raise mighty warriors for the kingdom of God. I heard a pastor say recently, um, and I may have said this at the beginning of the podcast, I don't remember, but he said, why would we raise dragon slayers and pray for no dragons? Our kids were made for such a time as this. I know many parents are scared right now. They're frightened for their children and their future, and they're wondering how in the world they're supposed to prepare their kids for a world that is increasingly hostile, especially towards Christians. But I can tell you, you and they were made for such a time as this. This is not an accident. God has intention and purpose in all of this. And I am seeing this happen. I am seeing more and more Christian parents turning their hearts toward home. God is turning the hearts of parents towards their children. We are recognizing that this is the future. This is the future of our nation. This is the future of the body of Christ. We're looking at it when we look down into those eyes. 
um, and those children that we're taking care of and we're, we're, um, we've been put, you know, God has given them to us on loan, you know, for his glory and for his honor. He has made us in them for such a time as this. We need to speak life and hope into our children and our grandchildren. We need to tell them that um, God has a, a plan and a purpose for their lives and that he has um, a future and a hope for us. He says, I have good plans for you, plans to give you a future and a hope. That promise hasn't changed. So parents, Remember that throughout history, believers have been called to courage, courage that was beyond their own abilities. They did it because they understood that their life was not their own, that they were bought with a price. And they knew, um, they also knew that to take the way of um, fear would ultimately cost more than stepping forward and being courageous. What does God say in his word? Um, I, I'm trying to remember exactly where it is, but it basically says we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Parents, you can do this. I encourage you to prayerfully consider homeschooling if you haven't. And if you're just a discouraged homeschooler, I encourage you, keep up the fight. You can do this. Um, We're going to pray over you right now. Lord, I just thank you so much for these parents who may be considering homeschooling. God, I lift them up to you, God. Thank you that you have made them the parents of these particular children. And God, your desire is for them to invest well into their children and to prepare them for a good future that you have for them, Lord. And so I ask that you would pour out your wisdom, your grace, and your courage into their hearts, that they would be able to move forward in faith, trusting you wholeheartedly. And for the parent out there who is homeschooling but struggling, God, may you again pour courage into their hearts. Lord, I ask that you would specifically bring along very, very timely, specific encouragement for those parents who are Um, feeling a little uh, distressed and discouraged right now and ask that you would you would just get their attention lord that they would begin to recognize and realize that the enemy wants nothing more than to discourage them god you are a god who loves your children and you want to pour wisdom and insight into parents to help them to nurture and disciple their children. God, you you don't call the qualified, you qualify the called. And Lord, there's so many ways that I was not qualified and didn't feel qualified. But Lord, you qualified me, not because I was a perfect parent or a perfect homeschooling mom, but because at the end of the day, I took what I had to offer. I tried to walk in obedience to you and I didn't even do that perfectly, obviously. But Lord, I think what's important to remember is we take what we have and we bring it to you. And like the loaves and the fishes, you multiply it and you make it more than enough. Thank you that we can trust you, God. You are worthy of our trust. In Jesus' name, amen. 